welcome to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Here we go, everybody. Live Soccer Morning on a Thursday, worldsoccertalk.com. Hi, how are you? How are you? How's it going? How's your soccer? Et cetera and so forth. We are, um, we are here to talk about so many things today, including the start. Uh, well, the NSCAA convention is underway. The MLS Super Draft is today. We're going to get some word from the floor of the convention center in Baltimore from our friend Jonathan Tannewald in just a couple of minutes, uh, actually at 9.40 a.m. Eastern time. So if you're watching, listening live, you're going to have your opportunity to call and talk soccer with me in the next 15 minutes or so. Maybe even less than that, depending on how quickly we get through the news. Let's go ahead and hit the news pretty hard uh, with a couple of big stories. In fact, one that broke, it seems like it broke overnight, certainly early morning European time. FIFA has handed down a registration ban, and I'll get to the distinction between registration and transfer here in a second, to Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid for violations involving the signings of minors. The ban does not apply to this particular window, meaning January 2016, but both teams will be banned from registering players uh, this summer, summer 2016 and next winter january 2017 the same punishment was handed down to barcelona in april of 2014 for similar violations signing underage players bringing them in from outside the country in violation of fifa's rules that require a player to be 18 years of age or have special dispensation in order to uh to move to a new country for football reasons barcelona's appeal to the court for arbitration of sport failed just as a reminder and they were unable to um to avoid the ban uh the 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 difference between registration and transfer ban you're going to hear about this as a transfer ban but my understanding is that it is registration meaning that if if either one of these clubs want to go out and sign a player uh, they can do that they can transfer a player in they can take ownership of that player but they cannot register him to be playing until the ban is over so, um, like Arda Turan at, uh, at Barcelona, signed by Barcelona, unable to be registered until, uh, until the ban was over for Barcelona. So there you go. That's the situation with Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid. And again, this is hitting and, and why it's just the Spanish clubs. I'm not sure yet, but this is hitting at that issue of signing underage minors, uh, to academy teams prior to the, uh, the 18 the year threshold and then 18 year of age threshold and then also again players can move provided their family is moving for non-football reasons and that uh there's some workarounds there but uh it's it's very difficult to prove premier league wednesday yesterday liverpool and arsenal playing to a thrilling 3-3 draw joe allen scoring in the 90th minute on a volley to grab the points for liverpool benteke knocking the ball down for Allen, Manchester City misses a chance to move closer in the title race after a goalless draw against Everton at the Etihad Stadium. West Brom gets a late goal to draw Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, so a little bit of frustration there for Goose Hiddink. And his team, West Brom, staying three points ahead of Chelsea in 13th, meaning the Blues are obviously in 14th place. Leicester winning away to Spurs 1-0. The Foxes draw level with Arsenal, uh, with Arsenal in the table, top of the table in the Premier League. Southampton 2, Watford 0, Sunderland 4, Swansea 2, Jermaine Defoe with a hat-trick. Where did that come from? Stoke 3, Norwich 1. So there's your roundup of the Premier League scores uh, from a very, very busy uh, midweek round. CONCACAF has reported that, or CONCACAF 
has issued a report that says there is no evidence of match fixing from the 2015 Gold Cup tournament. Obviously, controversial decisions that benefited Mexico in both the quarterfinals against Costa Rica, a late penalty, and the semis against Panama, two penalties, prompted this probe, prompted questions of whether or not Mexico was getting uh, preferential treatment. Now, this report says that they found no evidence of match fixing. That doesn't mean that the referees in question, including uh, Mark Geiger of the United States, did not lean in Mexico's direction when making these calls. Here's the uh, here's some of the relevant text. CONCACAF found no clear or convincing evidence of match fixing or an in- intentional effort to affect the results of the two- Gold Cup 2015 matches. Each of the decisions during the quarterfinals and semifinals of the Gold Cup 2015 could be attributed to simple mistakes, errors in positioning, and or lack of concentration. But based on interviews and statements from referees, it is possible that a number of external circumstances, most notably recent labor disputes by the referee group and internal disputes, were an unnecessary distraction for the referees at a crucial t- critical time. Now, uh, CONCACAF went on to say that they're going to issue some reforms in the way that uh, match day officials are selected, so uh, maybe that makes you feel better. But then again, it's CONCACAF, so maybe it doesn't. Arsenal has completed the signing of Egyptian midfielder Mohamed Elneny from Swiss club Basel. The 23-year-old's transfer had been held up by some paperwork frustrating Arsene Wenger. Certainly, Elneny joins Arsenal as an important cover in midfield with injuries to several key figures impacting the club's uh, title chase, as we mentioned, currently tied for first place in the Premier League with Leicester City uh, in 2016 with uh, a half a season to go, roughly. Chile boss Jorge Sampioli uh, confirmed on Wednesday that he no longer wants to stay in that job. Sampioli said conditions are not suitable for him to stay on. Of course, the Argentinian uh, coach led Chile to the 2015 Copa America title on home soil. Uh, complications with his contract are the only reason he hasn't walked away. It looks like there's an, maybe an exit clause that uh, be, that swings towards the Chilean FA side. Now, Sepioli and Chilean FA President Arturo Sala will meet today uh, to try to hash this thing out. Uh, we'll get to uh, whether or not Sepioli has a, a job lined up, I'm sure, very soon. He's certainly going to be somebody in demand. He was a finalist for uh, FIFA Coach of the Year. Uh, recently in Zurich, and uh, a guy with uh, obviously a very solid resume, especially after that Copa, 15, uh, Copa America 2015 victory. All right, let's take a break. Phone lines will be open when I come back, and then Jonathan Tannewald at 940 from the NS- NSCAA convention in Baltimore. It's a big soccer morning on a Thursday. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. We're back on Soccer Morning on a Thursday, 646-832-3909 is the phone number. See it flashing on your screen. I always wanted to do that thing where, like, you know, they, they put the graphic on the screen and the and the person that's being that's on camera, like, goes like this and the number appears underneath his hands. Can we do that, Trevor, or is that, like, outside of our capabilities? If I went, like, 
here's the number. <laughs> what happens exactly? Just my hand goes like this across the screen with nothing, right? <laughs> Man, I would love for that to be something I could do. <laughs> Can I draw pictures? Can you make a circle appear around my thing? No, not in real time. Can we do that? <laughs> Can I draw a soccer ball right here? 646-832-3909. Bit of a bummer this morning. In fact, a big bummer this morning. Right after we, we heard about the, the passing of David Bowie at the age of 69 from cancer we didn't know he had and, and a, a generation of people who grew up on David Bowie's music. I, I wasn't one of them, but he was certainly a guy I recognized and, and respected. Uh, right after he passes away, we hear we hear that another uh, another sixty nine year old Englishman of note passes away. Alan Rickman died. That's kind of out of nowhere for me. Hans Gruber, uh, Metatron from from Dogma. What else? Uh, Alan Rickman's been on a ton of stuff, and that just that just sucks. I love that dude. Like I feel like Alan Rickman had a role to play in a a lot of like. He was somebody you put into your mental projections of certain stories, whether it be something from your life or whatever, soccer, not soccer, a book you read that hasn't been made into a movie yet. Alan Rickman was a guy you cast, right? You mentally cast Alan Rickman in a lot of stuff. In addition to, and, and I know for, I saw this from our friend Dwayne Rollins from up in Canada, from Toronto, uh, Canadian soccer news writer. He said, his timeline, he could tell the difference between, he could, he could tell the split between the, the, the Generation X people and the Millennials by whether people were talking about Alan Rickman from, from Die Hard, where he was Hans Gruber, or from Harry Potter, where he was Severus Snape. That, that was the, that was the distinction. Like if you, if you said, oh, uh, RIP Hans Gruber, you're probably a little bit older, maybe in my generation. I don't know that I'm, I guess I count as Generation X, but I think I'm right on the border. So, I think it's that, and then the split. The split is the Harry Potter people. So, because Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter, Harry Potter movie came out in what two thousand two thousand one. There's also a couple of years before that he did a fantastically underrated movie called Galaxy Quest, which deserves some love. He played Alexander Dane slash Doctor Lazarus. So, if you haven't seen Galaxy Quest, it's hilarious, hilarious movie, hilarious, great movie. Like I'm just looking at his I'm looking at his resume here. Oh, that's right. He was the voice of the Android in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the movie version of that uh, of that book or the most recent take on that book. Let's see. Uh this is just recent stuff I'm looking at here, but obviously Love Actually, which was essentially a Christmas movie. Not everybody loves that movie. That that, that movie has a very love-hate situation going for it, but he was obviously big in that movie. Um Let's see what else was he in that was big. And, and, and recognizable things that you should know. But I mean, again, everywhere. Sheriff, Sheriff of Nottingham in, uh, in Robin Hood Prince of Thieves, in which Kevin Costner did no accent whatsoever. Attempted no accent. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Long hair in that movie. Just a great villain, Alan Rickman. Just a fantastic villain. That guy. 646-832-3909. Yeah. Dog, we got a call for Dogma from Owen Gole on Twitter. Yeah. Whatever your favorite Al, again, I feel like, I feel like I want to cast Alan Rickman and he's gone now and, he, and it's sad because he, I want to cast Alan Rickman in something soccer related. I want to write a soccer story and give Alan Rickman a role in it because that, that's the kind of, he deserve, I want him in that movie, whatever that movie is, whatever movie we come up with. 
If we collectively wrote, wrote a soccer movie right now, we would have to create a role for Alan Rickman. 646-832-3909. Um, here's, here's a story. I mean, you, you want your mind blown on a, on a Thursday? Well, actually, we'll, we'll wait. I'm going to tease this. I got a fantastically amazing, just ridiculously uh, salacious story involving a, a Seattle Sounder and a beauty queen that you're going to want to hear in a second. Let's go to Nelly in Texas. Hey, Nelly. Hey, Jason. Uh, yesterday when I called, I forgot to talk to you about the CONCACAF Awards. CONCACAF Awards? Yep, go ahead. Well, I don't understand their selection process because on the best goalkeeper spots, they have Memo Ochoa, a guy that has never started. Taylor <laughs> <laughs> Navas, who I think is the best goalkeeper yeah. in CONCACAF. Yeah. And then the best, and the best uh, forward spot, you know, you have Dempsey, uh, and Brian Reese. They have Giovinco. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So, uh, I don't. If they put you, where's Pierre Gignacchi? We're going to put European guys, you know, guys that are not from North America. It just seems like a joke to me. And then they have the fan boat part, which I'm like, okay, that's, that's very rare. So to me, it's just like, hey, fans, pick your favorite player. All right. Like, what, what's the scenario here to okay. pick the best players? I mean, Nelly. Don't you think this is a joke? Yeah, well, first of all, Kaylor Navas not being involved is is crazy. But let me just, uh, let me read, because I have my, in fact, it's funny you call because I have my ballot up on my laptop. I logged in to start making my, to take, start uh, making my votes yesterday. And I was going to do some stuff on the air, whether here or SiriusXM, and I was going to have people help me vote. Um, here's your criteria as per their release. Uh, a reminder about eligibility guidelines. Ha- have played, coached, refereed in an official CONCACAF tournament at club or national team level, or have played, coached, refereed for a CONCACAF member national team in a FIFA-sanctioned international competition, or have played, coached, refereed in a domestic league within CONCACAF ter- territory. Uh, I don't. I. I don't. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. Where, where's again? Where's Kaylor Navas? A player coach referee from the CONCACAF region who does not meet the above criteria. Did he not play? Did Kaylor Navas not play an official CONCACAF tournament all year or what? Uh, he, he did, right? He had to have, right? Well, he was injured during the Gold Cup. Oh, maybe he maybe he didn't play in a, in a, in a maybe he didn't play for Costa Rica in 2015. That would be pretty stunning if he didn't, though. I remember Ochoa never played either. He was not the starter for the Gold Cup either. I don't know. I, I don't know. You're, you're male player of the year. <clears throat> just to go through this, and I have to make a choice. <clears throat> Maybe you can give me a sense here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, let's see. Uh, Andres Guardado, Brian Reese, Clint Dempsey, Kyle Laren, Irving Lozano, Javier Hernandez, Jesus Corona, Tecatito Corona, Michael Bradley, Arriba Peralta, and uh, Rodolph Austin. That's, uh, an interesting. Who do you think it is, Nelly? I think Chicharito's gonna win it. Just because of the fan boat. Okay, but. maybe, but that's I don't think he had the best year. He had the best month at the end of the year with for, for Bayer Leverkusen, but he didn't have the best year. Did he? It's true. I mean I actually you know what? I, I think I'd give it to Guardado. True, well, you can also put the Capito uh there. He had a good year for Porto. I mean I just 
It's not. Cor- it's they're, not they're, Corona. They're, no, it's not Corona. He didn't, didn't do it. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a tough vote. On the women's side, I'm going to pick Becky Sauerbrunn. I could go through all the names, but it doesn't really matter. I'm picking Becky Sauerbrunn. Mayo goalkeeper of the year. Andre Blake, Bill Hamid, Brad Guzan, Dwayne Miller, Esteban Alvarado, Evan Bush, Guillermo Ochoa, so Memo Ochoa, as you said, Jaime Pinedo, Moises Munoz, and uh, T- Tim Howard. Uh, that's it's not easy to pick one of those guys because there's no Kyler Navas, like you said. Right. I'm not sure who. It I is. guess they're not men there because again, he he didn't he was injured during the Gold Cup and I I guess maybe that's the reason he's not in there because he didn't play in the Gold maybe, Cup. Maybe, maybe. I don't know who that. I don't know who to pick there. All right, we'll we'll go through all of these here, maybe a little bit later in the show, Nelly. But do you? I mean, do you have anything else you want to add before I let you go? Fabian Castillo should be in there too. <laughs> yeah, you know that's a that's a good point. Um, he did. You know, if if you're gonna have, where, where was okay? So I'm looking. I'm just looking at. Oh, okay, these are best. These are the best eleven as you're talking about. Okay, right. So so guys like uh like Kai Kamara, Ken uh, Kai Kamara and Sebastian Javinko are on the best eleven list for for forward. Your your midfield exactly. your midfield list Honestly, I think Andre uh, Pierre Gignac should be in that list too, you know? Like yeah, maybe uh, voted Yeah, they signed but they signed him late in the summer, so he only had one year uh, you know, half a year with, with Tigres. No, I think he was signed at the same time as Javinko. Or close no, to. no, no, no. Andre Pierre Gignac signed just basically when they were going into uh, the late rounds of the Copa Lib. I don't think he signed until maybe. Uh, I don't know if Trevor can check okay. on that for me, but I'll I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll, I'll look for it here. Um, let's see, Andre Pierre Gignac. So he signed uh, June first with Tigres. Uh, maybe that's okay. part of that. Maybe that's part of why he's not on that list. Uh, but you don't. I mean, you look at this list. But yeah, you look at this list, and it, it seems like they're trying to they're they're trying to spread things out a little bit more. I mean, you've got Gabriel Gomez, who is a Panamanian playing in Colombia, on the best midfielder, the best eleven list for midfielders. You've got right. yeah, you've got uh, Kalim Highland. Who's on the best eleven list for midfielders? Who plays for Westerlo in Belgium? It's sort of a weird mix. Right. All right, Nelly. Appreciate the call, man. Well, it's it's a very strange situation with the with the uh, cocky calf awards. Appreciate uh, appreciate the call. We'll, we'll we'll go through some more of those later, maybe if we have some time. Mark Fishkin's on the line. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm I'm doing okay. I'm 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 yeah. I'm making I'm making it through. I haven't talked about Marco Papa yet. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I don't. That's uh, that's a crazy story. Yeah, and I haven't told it yet, so don't ruin it for my listeners. What, what else is going on, Mark? Let's talk about something else and not Marco Papa getting stabbed in a Washington <laughs> apartment. No, um, you know, I, I just wanted to turn back. Obviously, the, the news of the day, uh, other than. Alan Rickman's passing, sadly, is uh, is a draft. And, you know, I'm just kind of curious, as I think we all are, and I know you've been speaking about it all week, the future of this event, the future of uh, picking into the 70s and 80s of American college talent. And, you know, I think people, when you consider that 
this league is about to grow yet again another 40%, right? We're going from 20 teams to 28 teams, at least in the next decade. And, you know, the, the, the meaningfulness of, uh, you know, getting the 26th best player in the draft and then I guess, you know, the, the 40th, 50th best player in the draft down the road. And, you know, it, it's a great day and it's certainly great for the kids. Uh, they get selected, and obviously there is some talent to be found here, but um, this is an event which probably should be on flat leg. Well, okay. I agree with you, and, and again, I know Will Parchman uh, had, a, had, a, had a proposal. There are other proposals out there. In fact, I think Leander might even have one over at Yahoo, or at least some uh, notion of killing this thing off. I remain convinced, Mark, and, and certainly as uh, a, a guy in the industries you've worked in, you know this. I remain convinced that until MLS can replace the event, they're not going to change anything about this draft. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question is, when you're about replacing the event, mm-hmm. um, you know, certainly I've oftentimes wondered, uh, you know, the folks, and I understand that soccer fans are a little bit different, um, you know, supporters groups going and chanting for their 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 uh, favorite teams, but you know the notion of sticking around at least for through the first round, which now you know in a few years is going to take three hours to complete, right? <laughs> because we're going to have have twenty eight picks. I mean, I know obviously the NFL has their big show, and I am constantly da- baffled by folks that make a weekend out of it to sit in the. Uh, in the balcony of Radio City, uh, while Mel Kuyper talks about the 18th best middle linebacker in the country, yeah, you got to um, be there. But you got to be there to to do the Jets chant, Mark, and you got to be there to no, to boo, no. and you got to be there. No, well, that's the thing, though. And and uh, you know, I talked this out yesterday on SiriusXM. This is clearly, you know, the, the the modern MLS Super Draft is clearly an attempt to ape what what the NFL does. I mean, it's. I don't know if it comes directly from Garber or if somebody else in the marketing department at MLS said, "Let's try to do this like the NFL does it." But that's what they're that's what they're going for. The problem is that the the diminishing returns from the player talent side is eventually going to become so obvious that you're not going to be able to justify the pomp and the circumstance. It makes you wonder if the proposed NCAA evolution of uh, of college soccer goes through, and I think most. American soccer fans hope it does. Does that have a positive effect on the quality of the players that are coming out and making this event and this system uh, more um, value add for the team? Yeah, I suppose. But but is that the way MLS should be thinking about it? Let's let's hope and cross our fingers, and maybe they'll fix it for us, and we can continue to have our little dog and pony show. Or should MLS be thinking? Look, from a competition standpoint, this thing doesn't make any sense anymore. Let's make these kids free agents. Um, you know, allocate. You want to. You want to do it MLS style. Allocate a certain amount of money to be used on rookies out of the college uh, system, and and let teams go wild. I mean, it, you, that way you make sure that LA doesn't sign everybody. You make sure that New York doesn't sign everybody because you've got limits on what they what teams can spend but otherwise I mean, the, the draft part of it doesn't make the the whole reason for the draft part of it is that you know you used to be able to go get um a, a pick who was going to make a significant difference right out of the gates yeah Kyle Lahren scored 17 goals but he's the aberration now not the n- not not the standard yes for every for every Kyle Lahren there's a Steve Shack from 2000 for the Metro Stars who uh 
really uh, lit it up for them. So, yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think part of it is the show. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they went to some sort of geographic territory situation where um, obviously New York and L.A. would have some interesting challenges to work out. But it's like, hey, here's your part of the country, right? Kind of a, a homegrown yeah. extended. Yeah. And maybe, I realize that, that not in every part of the country is producing soccer talent in the same way. And obviously the teams, you know, Florida based teams, if, uh, you know, or more than Florida based team would have somewhat of an advantage. California, warm weather areas and teams would have a little bit of an advantage. Just, just a creative way to avoid, you know, hoping that, you know, the 79th pick turns out to be something special. Yeah. I mean, the Red Bulls have, with a full roster rolling in, um, have have all but said, yeah, the the two kids we're picking today are are just going to the USL team. Yeah, well, okay, but and even 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 then, I mean, first of all, I feel for those kids that they're picking. They they drafted Leo Stoles last year, twenty three out of college. Now, why they picked him, I don't know. It obviously tr- proved to be the wrong decision, but they picked him twenty three out of UCLA, a kid people talked about being ready to play right away. I picked him as my rookie of the year last year, Mark, and then he, yeah, I know he I, did he didn't play at all. I, I think. And then he got yeah. cut. He got cut. Yeah, well, the team did okay, too. Yeah, so, exactly. That's um, what I'm saying. So so now we're in a position where it's all it's, – it's not every single time. Again, Kyle Lahren exists. Kyrie Shelton exists. Matt Polster exists. But you go into this thing, and these teams are sort of doing this wink-wink-nod-nod thing. Yeah, let's celebrate. Hey, welcome to the team. Here's your scarf, and meet the press. And talk about how much you're – how excited you are to be a Columbus crew member – you know, a player. And then – Six months later, eight months later, sorry, kid, not going to work out. In the first round. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, but the the but history in all sports is littered with high draft picks that don't pan out. Yeah, but, so, if, it, but if it continues to you happen, know, you, you roll the dice. Your more. scouting is good. Yeah. You know, you, you hope that uh, the discussions that you've had with the kid prior or uh, understanding his motivations are good. And as, as I said, I mean. You know, poor Lawrence Phillips died in a jail cell yesterday. Yeah, uh, who was a failed human being. Yeah. Uh, you never know what you're going to get, which is a great roll in to Marco Papa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's let's tell you already sort of gave away the uh, the, the the climax of the story. You, you you spoiled it for everybody, Mark. But the story goes. I saw this this morning, actually shared by uh, by Prost America. So I want to give them credit. But this is from King Five uh, in in Seattle, the uh, the television, the NBC station. Um, Marco Papa. All right, so here's the here's the lead. Inside a South Lake uh, Union apartment last month, police allegedly found Miss Washington, USA, and soccer star Marco Papa. The former Seattle Sounders player was bloody with a stab wound to the abdomen, according to law enforcement sources. Uh, I'm laughing because he's okay. Uh, the source goes on to say, Miss Washington, USA. Here's the name, Mark. This is one of the best parts of this. Stormy Kefeffler. <laughs> Kefeller, excuse me. Kefe- Stor- Her name is Stormy. Come on. It writes itself. Good Lord. The story writes itself. This is, you, you, this is, you, know, you know how Law & Order is always ripped from the headlines? This is like the opposite. Uh, off, offered different explanations about what happened. Papa was rushed from the apartment to the hospital where he underwent surgery. His story changed, too, according to the source who says there have been no arrests and the case is still under investigation. So they don't even, they're not even charging her with anything because apparently Marco Papa's unwilling to rat her out. This, this is amazing to me. Love, uh, love is a very funny thing, Jason. And apparently she also got busted with a DUI, and now they're talking about stripping her title away. And meanwhile, Marco Papa has moved on and is a Colorado Rapids player. Do you think the Rapids knew 
the man had been stabbed by a beauty queen before they traded for him? Ooh, that's that, there's some uh, hardcore investigative journalism that needs to be done on that. Yeah, we need to find out what's going on. But as my man Jared Dubois would say, this is this is exactly the kind of uh, kind of stuff MLS needs to <laughs> to happen to get on the front page. I mean, come on, this is this is um, you know this is uh, um, uh, the natural level stuff here. I mean, it's a little bit a little bit with knife instead of a gun, but you know, there's something happened there. It's a little bit like the natural. Well, and you have to wonder what's in the water in Seattle. I mean, we all remember Freddie Montero's uh, scrapes with the law, uh-huh. challenges with the law uh-huh. over his time there. Uh-huh. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, well, look, I mean, apparently if you're a uh, a Latin American soccer player, you can do very well for yourself in Seattle. Let's just say it that way, too. Can we say that? I, I think... I think Seattle invented MLS players getting the scrapes at the law. Can we go there? <laughs> you just did, Mark. <laughs> you just did. All right, Mark. Enjoy you, the draft, are, everyone. Are you going to be down in Baltimore tomorrow? No, today? I can't get away Whatever. today, sadly. Right. I love going in the draft, and I've been uh, numerous times when it's on. All right, well, sadly, I'm, I'm not I there. I'm not there today. I'm there tomorrow, so uh, we'll, just, uh, we'll just chalk it up to unfortunate timing. Mark, appreciate it very much. Mark Fishkin, ladies and gentlemen, from Seeing Red, which you can find on uh, backheel.com the probably the best team orient, uh, oriented podcast out there i mean is there is there any doubt about that really i mean if you have if you listen to a podcast for your mls team and you think it's better that's that's great be biased as hell but from an objective standpoint i don't know that anybody can really touch what mark and the crew do over there at seeing red it's pretty unbelievable pretty unbelievable stuff uh big time the first the first interview, here, here's how you know. The first, uh, Josh Gessman is dying right now. So, yes, Corner of the Galaxy is also very excellent. Sorry, Josh. I, I don't mean, okay. Corner of the Galaxy is awesome, too. I really do enjoy what Josh has done with Corner of the Galaxy. But seeing red, and, and the, the, you know what the key is for both of these guys? For, for Josh Gessman and what he does with Corner of the Galaxy and the various hosts there, and seeing red, which I believe is now Mark and um, Eric. Mark and Eric, right? Yeah. The, the, the key is that they have created the community strength. The people listening to the program have then made that program relevant to their teams. So both of those guys, both of those groups of people working behind the scenes for their, uh, to do, to put together a podcast about their team, which again, filling a void that, that we need filled. This is why Soccer Morning exists. It, why, it's why Seeing Rat exists. It's why Corner of the Galaxy exists and so many other podcasts out there. They create critical mass. And then what happens? The team looks up and goes, Oh, oh, look at, look at all those people that, that like our team. We, we should, we should help them out. We should be involved. We should be kind to them and give them access. And then what happens? Well, then we get, the leadership of these clubs, the players from these clubs, figures from around these clubs on these programs to fill out that, that, that need with that, to fill that void. And you know what I like about this too? And I know, I think the, I think the Galaxy have done their own thing before. I'm not sure about the Red Bulls, but it could be, it could, it's, it would be very simple for the Red Bulls and the Galaxy to have in-house podcasts and completely ignore anything independent. But that's not what they do. That's not what they're doing. What, what did I insert my, uh, my foot in my mouth about Eddie. Don't don't do that to me. Call me. Eddie in Brooklyn's tweeting things. I don't I don't know. Oh, because of the galaxy thing, I guess. Because I because I because I I left uh, I left I left uh, corner of the galaxy out. Is that what you're saying? Come on, Eddie. Don't do that to me. It's live radio, man. It's off the top of the dome. 
Coming up on Soccer Morning, Jonathan Tannewald from Baltimore. He is there uh, to cover pretty much everything happening in Baltimore over the next couple of days. Uh, MLS Super Draft today. That kicks off about, I think the first pick is about 1 o'clock is what I've heard. What I've heard. So, in other words, right after I get done doing my radio for the day. Uh, also, tomorrow, the NWSL Draft. I will be in Baltimore probably doing this show. And here's, here's, a, here's a show note for you, programming note. I'm going to make everything, uh, I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to take everything I need and do everything I can to get this show live on the air tomorrow from Baltimore. The, the web version of the show here for World Soccer Talk. I, I expect to be able to do a show. It has to meet Trevor Hayward's rigorous production standards, but I think we can get a show done tomorrow from Baltimore. I will certainly 100% be on the air with Sirius XM FC from 11 to 1. From Baltimore, from the NACIA uh, convention, a very cool lineup of people from uh, Sirius XMFC doing stuff um, at this NACIA convention tomorrow. So uh, the, that's your programming note. I don't know what kind of guests we'll be able to throw in on this program. I don't. I will. De- well, we should be able to take phone calls, provided it's not super loud where I am. I don't think. Uh, I think that'll be a problem. Um, we should be on the air doing our normal thing tomorrow. So be uh, be excited for that. Um, if you were wondering, because again, I am going out to Baltimore and that's not a, that's not a fun drive, but it's a, it's okay. It's about an hour and a half from my spot to Baltimore. Yeah. Six, four, six. Oh, we don't, do we have time? I don't have time. I can't get you in. If you didn't call, it's too late. I was going to give out the phone number one more time. If you had thoughts about Marco Papa getting stabbed by Miss Washington, USA, by the way, Miss USA is the lesser of the two, right? Not, not, I mean, I lesser. I don't mean like the women are lesser. I mean the less famous, the less high profile, right? Is Miss USA Donald Trump's uh, pageant? Isn't that right? So if, if she's Miss Washington USA, then she is the winner of the Miss USA pageant for Washington, and Miss USA is owned by Donald Trump, right? I don't know. I'm just making some connections here. I mean, I'm not saying that, that Donald Trump had anything to do with the stabbing of Marco Papa, but I kind of am saying that Donald Trump had something to do with the stabbing of Marco Papa. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will talk to Jonathan Tannewald from Philly.com. He's in Baltimore. It's a big day in Baltimore. MLS Super Draft NSCAA Convention. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Welcome back to Soccer Morning on World Soccer Talk with Jason Davis. We are back on Soccer Morning. We are joined now via the magic of Skype over a mobile device by our friend Jonathan Tannenwald from Philly.com. He is he has arrived. He is in Baltimore. Uh, he is there for many a, an event, but uh, certainly the MLS Super Draft today, the M- uh, the NWSL uh, draft tomorrow. Jonathan, how are you? It is the tracksuit capital of the free world. Uh, that's, uh, you know, I said that on, on Sirius XM yesterday. It's, it's quite the, <laughs> it's quite the thing. It's, it's, it's a sight to behold. Um, 
Jonathan, the, the, the feeling on the ground, I mean, we, we can get to this, to the MLS Super Draft specifically, I guess, which is a couple of hours away. Uh, but, but just give me your, your vibe from Baltimore. I mean, this is a thing that I've been to a couple of times. I'm sure you've been to it a couple more times. Uh, what, what is it? What is the, the feeling in the air and the convention center and all these coaches walking around in tracksuits? Well, the positive way to spin it is that if you are a soccer fan, it is really worth going to because it is a gathering of some of the best minds in American soccer that really doesn't have any other equal um, for scale, for quality, for any of it. You can pop in one room and find a seminar with Taylor Twelman talking about concussions. You can pop in another and find Laura Harvey of the Seattle Reign talking about you know how she coaches her players. Uh, it, it's pretty great. And it's something that I do recommend to folks. The flip side of it is that if you ever wanted absolute proof that there exists a soccer bubble in this world, boy, is this it. Yeah, you know, it's, I, I described it as, I don't know who I was talking to at the time, but I just said, I said there, there's, you know, there's the soccer bubble and then there's this thing, which is its own sort of independent soccer bubble. I mean, it's part of the larger soccer bubble, but it's also an opportunity for for you to get out of whatever create whatever bubble you've created for yourself at, at least in terms of perspective and some of the coaching elements and and some of the the, the seminars and, and and the like that go on um and then we come to the then we come to the drafts and, and again mls and nwsl obviously mls first have tied themselves to this event because it creates it gives them uh it gives them a foundation a platform to 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 work from that's not whole it doesn't mean it's wholly independent and therefore mls has to drive all of the interest in the building Right. You, you'll, you'll, you'll get a crowd of people who will show up. It certainly helps MLS curry favor with the membership of the NSCAA um, and, and you know, build some relationships through that. It, it, if you were going to do it on your own, you know, if you were going to do it as a freestanding event, which they used to do, there's no way that you'd have it be the kind of spectacle that, that fans want to come to. I think that it is being part of the convention and the same goes for the NWSL. You know, and, and if you're not a fan of the draft, you think you think the draft needs to go away. MLS isn't quite at a point yet where it could just have sort of a baseball style winter meetings of general managers, you know, that would be at the NSCAA convention and have it build lots of buzz and in honesty if, right. if they did it that way i'm not even sure all the gms would want to go right so. right I, you know i just I, I just got done talking to mark fishkin who called in today jonathan and 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 you know we talked this we talked about this a little bit and and for me it remains true that unless mls can find a way to replace sort of the uh, the one off uh, event feeling of the draft there's just going to be a draft they'll, they'll do something i mean I, right. I guess they could change the mechanism if they wanted to i don't know how you do that this is the simplest way and they 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 still need or they still feel as though they need these sort of landmark events throughout the calendar year uh again sort of aping the nfl and an opportunity in an attempt to you know to get some attention at least a little bit from soccer fans that's free publicity in the middle of january yes right exactly you know? and and you know i know that i know that saying the word NFL to the soccer purist is, a, is an expletive. But what they are very good at, and you don't have to like them or Don Garber to acknowledge this, what they are very good at is making news every day of the year. And that is something that Major yes. League Soccer is trying to emulate, and in that way, I think they're right. I, I agree with that to a certain extent, but again, we get into the, the issue of the diminishing returns on the talent side. Now, you know, if you look at last year's draft, you actually have an argument for 
at least the first round. Now, everything else after that, I think that for, for a number of years has been true, has been very, 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 very dicey. And, and you're not likely to see a player come out of the second or third or fourth round who's going to make a difference or do, or even stick with the team for more than a year. Uh, but at least in the first round, I mean, last year we had Kyle Lahren, we had Fatah Alashe, we had Matt Polster, uh, Kyrie Shelton was relatively good. Um, there's, there's names I'm missing here. Uh, there were probably more, you know, you mentioned sort of the Polsters and the Tim Parkers of the world. Tim Parker. There were probably more players in that draft who ended up succeeding at a reasonable level in MLS that I think that most of us expected. Yes, exactly. And, and, and I don't know that that says any, I don't know what that says. I mean, I don't know that it means anything long term for the viability of the draft, but it, it may give MLS the, 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 um, plausible deniability that the draft is dying, I, I suppose, at least the first right. round. Yeah. And, and look, there's probably eight or nine guys this year, um, who are, who we think coming in are, you know, pro level talents, and we'll see if it ends up being more than that. You know, I just I'm I'm, I'm looking at Twitter. Matt Doyle is tweeting uh, that picks are starting to move, so we're going to see. You know, we we haven't even gotten you and I haven't even gotten to the nitty gritty of who's picking whom and uh and and when, what you know whether or not your picks will be traded and, and that, that stuff. Because I, while I think that that is interesting, again in the same way that it's interesting in in the NFL draft. Because the, the top names, because the, the, the most talented players, because the consensus best guys are players that, people that we don't know as soccer fans for the most part. I mean, you have to be very attentive to a, to a college soccer scene that's not really televised, that's not really publicized in order to know who Josh Yarrow is, in order to know who some of these other guys are. So it, it takes away some of that intrigue. Really what we're doing is going and cheering our teams. If, if we're fans, and just assuming that they got it right or hoping that they got it right. There's no there's no Jets fans booing picks here. Uh not yet. <laughs> I think we almost had that when the union drafted Andre Blake, but that's about as close as we've come. Okay, okay, maybe. But that but okay, okay. That's goalkeeper with a team of a bunch of goalkeepers. <laughs> but it's not about him though, right? It's not about it's not about whether Andre Blake was ready to play or good enough or whatever. I mean, this was a matter of that was a matter of, of Thinking that the team was making a mistake because they had they already had a player at that position. I you know we, I was there. Zach McMath was very angry. Um, what what does it mean though? I mean, how does does can MLS get it to that point where it's oh man, I really hope we move up to get Yarrow. I really hope we move up to get uh to get the 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 kid out of Stanford. I can't remember his name right now. Brandon Vincent. There you go, the one that the union apparently targeting. I really hope we do this. I mean, it's all self-created, right? So so union fans may hear that Brandon Vincent's a target, or they may see that Brandon Vincent gets picked for the national team camp because he's a U23 player, and they're focusing a lot on that. And that automatically creates buzz, but they don't know anything about him. They don't know if he's really the right guy. But then they start going, well, I hope we get Brandon Vincent, right? The number of people who make the conventional wisdom about college soccer is very small. Yeah. And so you have to, you have to trust them, you know, and you have to trust the guys like Travis and Will and Ivis who watch a lot of this stuff. And, and they know that the number of people who do this is very small. And so they have to sort of set the benchmarks. And all you can do is hope that when a guy like Brandon Vincent gets called into the national team so that he's not here in Baltimore, that it means something. And, the other thing I'd say in, in Vincent's case is a left back is a left back, and it's probably, you know, 
the rarest commodity or among the rarest commodities in the American development system. So by default, a player like that is going to have a higher value and more interest put on it. Uh, here's a quote from Stephen, uh, or sorry, from Ben Olsen that Stephen Goff uh, uh, got from him at the Combine. Uh, Kill the Combine, by the way. Combine is the Combine. Kill it. Every year I get more confused. Get rid of it. There are a few slam dunks. Rest of the draft is unpredictable. And again, I get, and I asked this of, of Travis Clark yesterday, John, and I'll ask you, because you're more on the team side than Travis is. He's on the college side. He's on the player side in, in terms of uh, analysis. Um, do you imagine that there are teams that are basically just bagging this thing that, that are, that, uh, that are following the conventional wisdom as dictated by that small number of people? Otherwise, they're really not putting much effort into this. Uh, oh, there's a, there's a left back out of here and he's, oh, people say he's pretty good. Okay. Well, maybe we'll pick that guy. Well, I certainly know there are teams whose fan bases want them to bag it. That's uh, true, yeah. But I don't – here's the thing. It's an opportunity to get players. So do you use it or not? Yeah, I suppose you do. All right. Well, well, yeah, I guess, I guess you do. But I think it, for me it's, it's an you, issue yeah, – go ahead. It's an issue in allocation of resources, Jonathan. So MLS teams are, are on limited resources anyway relative to – well, relative to other teams within the league, but also relative to the rest of the world, you you, you have a, a questionable scouting um, infrastructure anyway. Uh, you don't have that many coaches to go sending out into the world. You, you you know how do you how do you justify putting a lot of effort into a 22 year old kid who you've never seen play except for a couple of minutes on tape when there are kids in your backyard? Who you can bring through your academy and put a lot of effort into, and and again, it's sort of this is the the Red Bulls mentality versus, say, I don't know the Timbers who haven't signed anybody from their academy, as far as I can tell. I don't know if they're putting that much stock in the draft, but they're certainly not focusing or they're, they're not getting any return out of their backyard. So, so you know, how do you manage these things? Oh, sure, but I mean, first of all, a lot of the college games now are, you know, you can get tape of almost any college game you want at this point. And if you're scouting the teams in your backyard and they have a good player, then you shouldn't have to travel that far. Certainly if you're on the if you're on either coast, you can get to a lot of pretty good college soccer fairly quickly and fairly cheaply. But you know, there was a there was a period of time for a couple of years where Real Salt Lake would draft somebody who none of us had ever heard of. And yet we'd all be sitting there thinking, wait a minute, have they just outfoxed us all again because they know something that we don't? This is true. I suppose this is true. And, and again, I mean, I, I, I don't have uh, I don't have the recent drafts. I did have the the, the draft lists from the last couple of years in front of me uh, as recently as a couple hours ago, but I don't have it now, so I can't go back to 2014 and 13 and 12. But yeah, there's always a couple of kids. But again, from for, does that rise to the level of we should put them through this system and and use uh use the reverse. Fin- order of finish. No. The way, I mean, that's the question, right? Well, well, probably not. I would kill the combine because I think the combine is useless. I really do think the combine is oh, well, useless. They, they, if you are judging a player off the combine, that I'm pr- fairly certain you are not doing it right. right. And the union have drafted players based off their based almost solely off their combine performances before, including one year. I think it was 2013 when John Hackworth was running the show. They had two second-round draft picks drafted both off the combine and both completely blew up in their faces. One of them didn't yeah. even make the team. Well, uh, the, the combine to me is an opportunity for some guys to go put their put shorts on instead of track suits and walk around right. in flip flops and and not not to disparage the coaches and that that go down there and, and do oh, that 
Go ahead, do it. Well, I mean, th- look, it's it's a glad handing exercise. You know, it's 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 seen be see you know see and be seen. It's it's an opportunity to shake the hand of people you haven't seen in a while. I mean, it's it's for me, it's the it's the the coaches version of of the combine. I know the coaches are also. I mean, the the convention. I know the coaches are also at the convention, but for me, the convention serves the purpose of putting uh, faces to names that I've never met and, and for me to see people I haven't seen in a while. I mean, And, oh, by the way, it might be in L.A. next. Well, the convention's in L.A. next year. Well, that's going to be – who knows? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, well, for but, us, but for but, Jared and for Oh, that would be – that would be, yeah, be huge for a lot of people I, on the West Coast. Who, who, I bet the know. Combine might be out there too ah, well, Okay, well, we'll see. I mean, uh, here's, here's an interesting point from Robert in Southern California. Um, he says that this is – it feels like a pipeline of free labor since you don't have to pay a transfer fee. Which is true. Um, and, and certainly, yes, but nobody's paying transfer fees to the colleges. Well, no, that's okay. So, so that's going to bring me to a point. Obviously, we have a str- we have a system here in the United States uh, around our sports, mostly the NFL and the NBA, Major League Baseball to a certain extent, where the draft serves a purpose. That we accept that the college systems are essentially the minor leagues for those sports, and you know these kids get drafted. They can't they can't choose who they play for, but they're going to get paid, especially the first rounders. Whatever. Okay, it's. It's just established that way. That's that's American sports. So we either, either MLS, and, they, and this is true for a lot of things that they do, is an American sport and following American conventions, or it's soccer and it should be following soccer conventions, right? Uh, there's not a, it's not always either or, but there's certainly some question as to wh- whether MLS should lean one way or the other. In 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 the instance of this not paying a transfer fee situation, Jonathan, and I don't think there's I don't I, maybe I'm I'm getting ahead of myself here, but we have seen some of these youth clubs. You know, step up and say, "Hey, wait a second. We need to be paid for Clint Dempsey, for Michael Bradley, for uh, for some of these guys who have been transferred abroad." DeAndre Yedlin. It there is. I mean, and Akron's gotten phone calls about getting their share of training compensation and the solidarity payments. That Akron wants it. No, or... A- Akron passed it along. A- Akron kicked. You know, Akron said, "No, we don't. We, we don't. This is. I can't. I think this was the the DeAndre Yedlin example." Um, Specifically, where it was, Tottenham called everybody who had tra- who had had Don- DeAndre Yedlin in their systems and said, "Hey, you know, where do we send our check?" Akron said, "I can tell Tottenham where to send the check, but the NCAA doesn't need the money. Well, they have uh, enough of it already." But that's what I'm saying, though. Is at, at at some point, is there going to be a school somewhere that says, "Hey, wait a second, Th- this is yeah, we 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 contributed to the growth of that player. We we probably should get something." I I don't know if that's within the the, the NCAA it, rules or not. There might. There might be, but my presumption is that the NCAA will then say, "You're not allowed to have anything to yourself. We take all of it and give it to you if we feel like." <laughs> well, okay, but then, but then, okay. the, NCAA, the NCAA is partly the problem here. Okay, so at at no point do you see the NCAA saying to MLS or you know responding to somebody like Tottenham because that's obviously a much bigger brand with a lot more money and saying, "Yeah, we'll." We'll take that. That's okay. This is FIFA law. Okay, sure. Yeah, we'll we'll ascribe to that, which then creates a lot of complications for MLS when it comes to the draft, for example. And and then if they do it in soccer, if there are transfer fees to colleges I, I know. in soccer, everything blows up. I know. Yeah. <laughs> in every other sport. Well, but then again, there's no governing body of of American football that's dictating. But there is in basketball and baseball. Yeah, but I don't think they have solidarity payments like this, do they? Do they have training uh, compensation? The, 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 what's, they what? pay, uh, Major League Baseball pays transfer fees from players from Japan. And if you get a... Yeah, but isn't that isn't isn't the, the Major League Baseball situation, isn't that a directly negotiated agreement between 
the Japanese league and Major League Baseball? It it is, but it's still a tra- it's they don't call it a transfer fee. Because they call it a posting fee. The baseball people don't you know don't speak our language. No, they call but, it a posting fee. But yeah, yeah, so here's what a college basketball someone. player who's pretty good but doesn't make it to the NBA goes to Europe. I don't know what the FIBA rules are on transfer fees. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah. I'm I'm I, you know, I'd have to study that. But if there are transfer fees in European basketball, imagine what schools in the ACC or the Big Twelve or or the SEC or whatever would try to would try to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Where, where a player's growth and development is is absolutely related related to their time in college, whereas in soccer it's a little bit more dicey. Let me, let me say this too. With the NBA and the NFL, and this is something that Don Garber has mentioned before, and it's a little specious when it comes to MLS, but it's not the other leagues. With the NBA and the NFL, you cannot be a player in either of those leagues as an undrafted player until after the draft is done. Okay. If you are, unless you're with basketball, if you're a professional who's coming from abroad, there might be ways to do it. But right, right. You have to be. Everybody has to pass on you before you can sign as an undrafted player. Right, right. And so, if you're an undrafted free agent in the NFL, you cannot sign until after the draft is done. You have not been drafted. Soccer is different in that way. And and you know, it's a lot of things that that have to be resolved. I agree. But well, okay. Look, I, I'm going to say something incendiary. And, and okay, go. And go. I'm an American. I understand why we have drafts. Mm-hmm. You there? Did I lose you? Yeah, no, no, no. I thought there was a, I thought there was a follow up to that. No, you said I'm you... an American. I understand why we have drafts. Oh, that's not incendiary. What are you talking about? I mean, we think we not have to a... you, but to well, your no, no. But we, we've well, okay. We've established that. Yeah, again, it's whether or not MLS trends towards the American conventions of the rest of the sports we do here, or towards soccer conventions, and 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 they've tried to split the difference. And at some point, you wonder if they're going to have to make a choice and just join the rest of the world completely, or continue to say, "Well, we're going to do things oddly," and it's probably going to, you know, we're just going to hold us back a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of proposals out there for scrapping the draft and replacing it with something else. And again, I think it's as much about the event and the glitz and the the pomp and all that stuff and getting kids uh, photo ops and um, you know and having um, that room full of journalists for whoever they are as it is about the actual picking of players, Jonathan. But, you know, there are systems, I mean, that, that, that we could come up with that probably make more sense. You, you know, we uh, right. the, the, and, there's and, regional stuff, maybe, but I, uh, you know, you, you already got all of these allocation pools anyway. Give them a draft allocation pool. You have however many hundreds of thousands of dollars to sign your draft, uh, to sign college kids. Go out and sign college kids. First come, first serve. No, I, I would be against that. But you, you just said it, and... People might not want to hear this either, but you've been here enough times. You know this. It's I, I tweeted this last night. It's a construct for the media, but we eat it up, and it's pretty tasty. Yeah, look, we, we here's <laughs> a, okay. You want the curtain pulled back a little bit on on soccer media in the United States of America? We want to be treated like the NFL guys. We want to be on that level. I mean, we we would love for it to be as big as as the NFL draft. This is our chosen sport. This is the thing we love. It's what we want to cover, uh, and we accept that. We accept it's not as big as the NFL, but we would love for it to get there, and we want, you know, so yeah, of course we're going to go, and it's a little bit of cosplay for us, John. There's no doubt about that. It's, you know, it's, I had, I went to the, the NSCAA on the morning, um, on the morning of the MLS draft, always has a breakfast for all the media who are in town. I forget, Jason, whether you 
went in years past or not. Nah, but it's, I, I tweeted out a photo this morning and I said, if anybody, if anybody has their conspiracy theories, here's where we all are. <laughs> Yeah, you know we're all we're all in the same room yeah. right now. Here yeah. it is coming coming. Hey, look, and, and, and again, I mean, it, it's it's. I, I, here's the other part of it. The other side of it is while while I don't know if Stephen Goff is going to be up there this uh, this time around. I think he skipped it a couple of times in the past. It, no, he's here. I saw. Okay, him last well, night. so Stephen Stephen Goff is there. I'm pretty sure Grant's there. Um, you know, they, there are the the big name journalists who cover soccer in this country. The people who've been doing it for 20 years for major publications are there. But there is also room, and the first one I ever attended, I think, was, I'm not sure it was Philly or Baltimore, John, I can't remember my time. I think it was maybe 2010 uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, was that Philadelphia or was that Baltimore? Yeah, uh, 10 was Philly, yeah. Okay, so yeah, because I remember the Philly contingent being strong when Danny Mwanga was drafted number one overall. I was just, you know, I'd, I'd started my blog a year and a half earlier. You know, I, I was just a guy. I had, I, had no, I had no standing in the soccer community, and I, and I met other, you know, citizen bloggers there who were credentialed by mls now things are changing and i wonder if that guy has a place at the table anymore yeah well they do and and more more through the nscaa itself than through mls but this is if you are trying to get into this into soccer journalism and you are a, a freelancer or you've hitched on a couple times with an sb nation site or who knows what this is a great place to be. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because it's not its not just the drafts. It's all of the other seminars that you could go to and write a dozen stories off of every day of the convention. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about this draft in particular for a minute? Yeah, go for it. Go for it, yeah. I don't – I'm not quite convinced that either Chicago will make the first pick or Colorado will make the second one. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, look, Chicago and both those teams obviously need more help than one player could give them, but but what is it specifically you think they're trying to get done if they trade out of those spots? I think if somebody else, it's more that if somebody else wants Josh Yarrow that badly or wants Jack Harrison that badly, and we know that New York wants Jack Harrison pretty badly. Um, yeah. If, you know, there have been a couple of reports that there have been two teams that have made substantial trade offers to Chicago for the number one pick. If... My, my my gut instinct is that those teams are New York and Vancouver. And, I mean, there's been some reports about that, you know, here and there over the last few days. If Vancouver takes – if Vancouver gets the number one pick and takes Yarrow and New York then gets antsy, New York City gets antsy and tries to make a deal with Colorado to jump up to number two and take Jack Harrison, then the Philadelphia Union are sitting real pretty. At number three. Because then they get Brandon Vincent and they get somebody else who's going to be really good. Okay. And I think, you know, whether whether you think Yarrow's stock, quote-unquote, dropped at the Combine or not, maybe it at least made Chicago a little more willing to listen to trade offers. Because I think they want somebody who's a little more pro-ready now. Um, if they, I mean, if they're going to make a trade, they think Nelson Rodriguez – Said a couple days ago, if we're going to make a trade, we want two, you know, two roster caliber players yeah. for this number one pick. Okay. So, if 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 either of those two hold, and Vincent goes in the top two, then the Union are going to be in some trouble, and they're going to have to figure out what to do because there's nobody who fits their needs of, of caliber of player in the way that Vincent does. 
All right, we'll see. We'll see what happens with the certainly the union are, are a team to watch in this situation um, because they've been so vocal and because they have a, a clear need. Uh, Jonathan, and it's it's Ernie Stewart's first big thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. His first his first real move as uh, as the, the the what is his title again? I, Sporting director. They signed okay. a Brazilian defender yesterday, but this is the real sort of thing where he's now in the spotlight, and they're, they're going to get two good players no matter what. It's just going to be a question of whether they get the really great one. Okay, a couple of things here. Um, well, yeah, a couple of things here. On this, on this particular area, you mentioned Jack Harrison. Um, there, there was a report out there, and I think this was from Empire Soccer, that, that the, the Cosmos were trying to, to and, and, and I give Dave credit, he used the word swoop. And I've always wanted the word swoop to be used in an American soccer context. And finally, Dave Martinez has used the word swoop when it comes to the Cosmos going after a couple of players who are, you know, draft, Good for them. draft out. Yeah. What do you think that adds? I mean, if the Cosmos start to do that more often, and certainly Jack Harrison, uh, New York uh, connections with NYCFC trying to make him a homegrown player, um, that there's obvious reason for that. But if the Cosmos do that, um, you know, let's say let's say some of these more, let's say Miami FC decides to start really going after the same type of uh, players that MLS is looking for, especially at the college level. What does that mean? How, how does that change the dynamic? Why would an NASL team ever try, ever try to poke a stick in the eye of MLS? Why would they do that? Because <laughs> it's fun. You let me know when they get one of those players to actually sure. jump. There's that. There's that. Yeah. Okay. But, but it doesn't that doesn't mean that it's not, it's not possible, and it doesn't mean that it's not interesting. No, of course. I'm just saying. Let me, it, when, if, it, if, it, if they do it, great. But let me know when they actually do. Okay. All right, so we have the Cosmos in play at least uh, in a little in a, in a little bit of a way. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, again, last thing here, and I didn't mean to give them short shrift, but we've been talking about the the future of the MLS draft. The, the NWSL draft certainly serves more of a purpose, I think. Uh, yes. Lots of lots of top level talent in the women's game in the college uh, ranks. Uh, so we'll look ahead to the NWSL for me briefly, Jonathan. Well, first of all, all of the teams involved need to have coaches, which they don't yet. Um, the rumbling, I mean, Portland's got the number one pick. Portland's got like a pile of first round picks because they just were ransoming things left and right to get Alex Morgan and Lindsay, uh, get, uh, you know, send Alex Morgan to Orlando and they got Lindsay Horan and this, that, and the other thing. The rumor is that Emily Sinet is going to be the number one overall pick going to Portland. She's had a little bit of U.S. national team experience already. Um, the NWSL announced while you and I were on the air together that they're going to be streaming their draft on YouTube tomorrow. Um, so folks will be able to watch it. And uh, I know a lot of folks in the women's soccer community who are here who are going to do their best to make it a big deal. And, Jason, I know you're going to be here tomorrow. That's 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 the rumor. Yes, I will be there. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how much we'll be able to uh, to leverage off the NWSL draft, but we'll keep an eye on it, certainly. My, my, I, my hope, I might try to, if they're listening, if Patrick Donnelly and everybody else at the NWSL is listening this morning, you should let Jason in. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll, I'll say that publicly. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what's happening with the, the 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 tech on the on the web show side, and then of course, um, you know, eleven o'clock. I'm on the air with SiriusXM, so we'll see what what's going on there. Um, all right, so you know, it's, it should be a it should be quite the event. Um, again, both both days today, tomorrow, heading into the weekend. Eric Winald is going to be doing his thing on the weekend. Jonathan, yeah, I'm that's sure. that's going to be that's the other reason why you should go to an NSCA convention is that any time that Eric Winald is giving a speech, it is must much watch must watch program. There you go. Jonathan Tannenwald, philly.com. John, I'm going to let you go. Uh, go take in the festivities. Get ready for that MLS Super Draft, and uh, we'll talk to you. I'll, I'll definitely see you tomorrow. Yeah, see you tomorrow. There goes Jonathan Tannenwald. Good stuff from him. As always, man, what a day. Uh, I think we're going to have to wrap this uh, episode of Soccer Morning up right here, right now. 
Get ready for the MLS Super Draft coming up in, in a couple of hours. Again, I'll be on the air with Sirius XMFC Channel 85 at 11 o'clock. Uh, the draft won't have started, but we should be getting some buzz. Certainly if there's trades of picks and the like, we will uh, follow that. And look, if you have Sirius XM, you should be listening because we're going to definitely talk about some Marco Papa stuff. Uh, there, there's big stories out there in the world of American soccer that we need to go over. So, uh, yeah, do that. iTunes, uh, get us on Stitcher, get us on TuneIn, uh, follow me on Twitter at DavisJSN. Uh, I have a Snapchat account. It's, it's not quite DJ Khaled, but it's not bad sometimes. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to Snapchat my drive early morning from here to Baltimore. Should be fascinating stuff. Maybe I'll have some observations on soccer and life. Some, some suggestion. Never mind. I uh, don't do that at all. D- don't, yeah, don't listen to me. Thank you very much to Jonathan Tannenwald. Thank you to our callers. I will see you guys tomorrow. Bye.